Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Daniel Hahn, and I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly of God Church, and this is our podcast. And I just want to thank you for listening today. We hope the message you're about to hear inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you see that God has a purpose for your life. And now, let's get into the message. While doing my devotional recently, I was reading in the New Living Translation. Now, I love reading in different translations because you get different perspectives. One of the negatives, though, is you read it in so many different ways, we don't memorize as much Scripture anymore. You know, if I, if I start reading the 23rd Psalm, guess what translation it's going to be in? King James, because I learned that when I was a kid. But now we use a lot of different translations, and they're good. But let me encourage you to memorize the Scriptures. Memorize the Scriptures. And when I give this passage, some of you will say, well, Pastor, you just preached that a few weeks ago. And I'll tell you, I know that. But this story that I'm going to use is, I mean, this passage is totally different perspective from a different thought. Because Acts chapter 3 gives an account of a man that was instantly healed when Peter and John were on their way to the temple. And you know the story. Like I said, I just preached it a few weeks ago. Silver and gold have I none, but what? But such as I have, I give to you. The verse that grabbed my attention was down in verse 12. But I want us to read it in its context. So let's go to chapter 3, verse 1. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man, lame from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. And seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. How many thinks he's probably excited? <laughs> and all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Verse 11, while he clung to Peter and John, all the people utterly astounded ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, 
and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead to this we're witnesses and his name by faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know and the faith that is through Jesus has taken the man this, this perfect health in the presence of you all. Now, as I mentioned, I was reading the New Living Translation and verse 12 starts out and says it this way. Peter saw his opportunity. Peter saw his opportunity. Well, what was the opportunity? He had seen this man raised raised from, uh, not death, but from crippled. He had been crippled for over 40 years. We see that later in the story. Over 40 years that he had been crippled. And all of a sudden, he went jumping around praising God. And we find him clutching uh, Peter and John. He was holding on to them because he was so, how many would you be excited if you'd gotten uh, healed instantly and you never walked and all of a sudden you were able to get up? Now, chances are when he was, he was probably sitting down flat on, a, on the floor. He wasn't in a chair, wasn't a wheelchair. He was just sitting there and all of a sudden strength came into his legs. Now, I can tell you, I'm a long way past 40. But when I was 40, for me to jump up straight from a sitting position would be tough. But he jumped up. Jumped up. I mean, now I have to look for a forklift. <laughs> Some of you laughing the loudest know exactly what I'm talking about. When you get down, you do like I do. What else can I do? Well, I'm not down here. But he jumped up, he was instantly healed, and he was excited, and he began to praise God, and Peter, it says, Peter saw his opportunity. I want us to think today about seeing your opportunity. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on missed opportunities, because I know I'd lose a bunch of you. Because some of you men said, man, if I'd invested in that when I was 20 years old, I could retire. And some of your wives are saying, if I'd have married that wealthy man and stuff. No. <laughs> Missed opportunities. We're not going to go there. Well, let's talk about seeing an opportunity. Peter saw his opportunity. Not only did he see his opportunity, he seized his opportunity. He took advantage of it. Not only did he see it and seize it, he suffered because of his opportunity. Now see, sometimes when we do something, there's some suffering that goes through it. Now when I say suffering, maybe not physically suffering, but if some of you started your own business, I can almost guarantee you that it did not become an, a, a success the first week. You had to suffer. You had the opportunity, took advantage of it, you saw it, but it took a period of time, so you suffered through that. But if you endured, 
and went through it, you succeeded because you took advantage of the opportunity. Seeing the opportunity. Now, the reality is sometimes we don't have an opportunity. How many knows there are some times that you wish you could do something, but you just hadn't had the opportunity? You couldn't do it. See, Philippians chapter 4, we begin with uh, that verse. Philippians chapter 4, reading verse 10. Philippians chapter 4, begin reading of verse 10. It says, I rejoiced, this is Paul speaking, in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received, revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. In other words, they, he knew that the church at Philippi would have helped him. How many times you said, well, if I'd had the opportunity, I would have helped you. If I'd had that opportunity, but we, sometimes we don't have the opportunity. So we need to take advantage of the opportunities we have, right? He said, now, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. I can do all things through him who strengthened me. So the church at Philippi did not get a chance or the opportunity to help uh, uh, Paul, but he said, that's okay. Because when I didn't have anybody else to depend on, I had to depend on who? I had to depend on God. And I learned something. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. But that was an opportunity that sometimes we don't always get a chance because we don't have an opportunity. So I believe we need to look for the opportunities. And as Peter did, he saw the opportunity. Now let's go to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 before we get back to our study. And let's read a couple of verses there. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, it says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then... As we have opportunity, or when we have the opportunity, when we see the opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. In other words, the church at Galatia said, listen, we need to be looking and seeing, holding on to God, and when the opportunity comes up, we need to take advantage of that and exercise that and not just see the opportunity, we need to seize the opportunity. Believing that God is going to help us. But it says even more so to those of the household of faith. Seeing an opportunity. Then Colossians, Colossians chapter 4 verse 5. Doesn't use the term uh, opportunity in this translation. But says walk in wisdom toward outsiders making the best use of our time or making the most of every opportunity. Making the most of every opportunity. So getting back to our story. He had an excitement. Now I know some people said, has asked me, Pastor, why don't we see more miracles in the church? 
and I know there's probably a lot of answers we could give. Not enough faith. How many believes there's, there could be some of it? Not giving God the opportunity, that's another one. But could it be that the miracles, one of the primary reasons for miracles is for a sign to the what? To the unbeliever. Almost everybody there was unbelievers. And this man was jumping up and shouting. He was excited. Could it be the reason, one of the reasons we don't see more miracles in the church is because we have a lot of doubters, but very few unbelievers? Now you say, what do you mean? Because we, most of us believe in God. But if you've got people that don't believe in God and see somebody that's been crippled for over 40 years, they got excited, Brother Brown. They got excited because he was jumping up and, and they were shouting and everybody was shouting. And what did happen? Peter saw the opportunity. He said, I got some people that I need to talk to. And so he saw the opportunity and he proceeded to preach a great message. Now, what was that message? Well, we could spend a lot of time on the message, but the key phrase is probably in verses 19 through 21. Notice what he says. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. He said, I've got an audience and I'm going to tell them they need to repent. And it says that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So he said, they not only need to repent, but they need to be refreshed. How many think that we got a bunch of people in our world today, even believers that need to be refreshed? They need to be refreshed. And then he goes on to say something else, and that they may be sin, the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must receive unto the time for restoring all things about which God spoke to the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. So I believe the gist of his message, he said, you folks need to repent. You need to be refreshed and you need to be restored. I can tell you there's a lot of folks in the church that needs to be refreshed. There's a lot of people in the family that needs to be restored. And that was a message that Peter preached. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on his message, but that's what he was saying. He said, you need to repent. You need to be refreshed. You need to be restored. Peter saw his opportunity. I don't know if you've caught it, but Brother Lee has been telling us quite a bit lately that during this Thanksgiving and Christmas season, that we need to see the opportunity. Oh, I know we see and complain about the commercialization of Christmas. We complain that they've got Thanksgiving stuff out and Christmas stuff out before Halloween is over. You know, all those things. But why can't we look and see if we can find an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. It's the easiest time of the year to see and look for an opportunity to say, 
God bless you. Merry Christmas. Have a blessed day. Have a great Thanksgiving. Look for the opportunity. See an opportunity. This is the time of year to do what? To encourage repentance. To encourage and to bring refreshing and to bring restoration. And as I read that, says Peter saw an opportunity. I believe that Oxford Assembly of God and every Bible-believing church in the area needs to see an opportunity to tell people the real meaning of Christmas, the real meaning of Thanksgiving, and tell them because we're looking and seeing an opportunity. We have someone in the church, I don't see them, and I'm not going to share the testimony with you. Because I've asked her already, we're going to try to get her to share it on our Wednesday night stories. But just recently, she shared with someone she came in contact with and said, God bless you. And the guy went ballistic. Says, I hate God. God's never done anything for me. But she was able to see the opportunity. And again, I'm not going to share that testimony because it's awesome about what God did when one person saw the opportunity to repent, to restore, to refresh. Peter saw that. She took advantage of a situation or circumstance. That's exactly what Peter did. Everybody said, well, look at this. Isn't this the same man? Thousands of people were there, excited. And he said, I see an opportunity. Now, it was just a few weeks before that that Peter had totally denied Jesus. But now he saw an opportunity. I love what Bill Bright, the co-founder of the Global Pastors Network, said. See, the Global Pastors Network was launched the January after 9-11. And all of the people, or so many people, were telling Bill Bright and James Davis, said, you need to cancel it. It's not going to work. People are not going to come. And people are afraid to travel. And it's just not a good time. And I love Bill Bright's response. He says, if we cancel it, how will we know what God wanted to do? And the goal that they set to cover in the first 20 years was passed in 15 years because they saw an opportunity. In spite of the circumstances, and they launched it. And what an awesome job God has done. But see, seeing the opportunity not enough. We've all mentioned missed opportunities because all of us have said, man, I wish that I would have done that. So seeing the opportunity is not enough. We have to seize the opportunity. And Peter seized the opportunity. It had been real easy for him to get caught up in the celebration. 
It would get real easy for him to have been really puffed up because look what God had done. But he said, I see an opportunity to preach repentance, restoration, and refreshing. And he didn't just see it. He seized it. Because without him seizing it, all the results would have been lost. Can I encourage you this Christmas season to seize the opportunity? I'm sure you know this, but let me just remind you, your good intentions won't buy you a cup of coffee. I said, good intentions don't get it done. You can't just see the opportunity. You have to seize it. You have to seize it. And I counted up this morning, the first service, five weeks from today is Christmas. It's right on us. Can we look for the opportunity? But not just see the opportunity, but let's grab it and share the real meaning of Christmas. But there's going to be times, there's going to be some of us that says at the end of Christmas, man, I missed it. I saw an opportunity. I saw a family that I could have blessed. I saw someone that needed encouragement. I saw someone that needed refreshing. But I missed the opportunity. I saw it. But there's nothing I could do or I didn't do it. Because, see, sometimes we don't have an opportunity. That's what Paul said. He said, I know you wanted to help, but you didn't have an opportunity. But we need to remind ourselves that in due season, you will reap if you take advantage of the opportunity. Making the best use of your time. Peter saw the opportunity. Peter seized the opportunity. And guess what? Peter suffered by taking advantage of the opportunity. Say, what do you mean he suffered? Well, let's read what it says. Acts chapter 4, verse 3. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. Now, back in those days, the jails were not the Hilton. Now, I've never had to spend a night in jail, but I just cannot imagine it being fun. I don't even like to spend a night in a rundown hotel. I've had to do that sometime, but it wasn't fun. But spend a night in jail. Why? Because he saw the opportunity. He seized that opportunity, but he suffered because he acted on that. Let's drop down to verse 17. Verse 17. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them. This was the officials. Said, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in his name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. They were warned. They were said, listen, 
if you keep preaching and teaching in his name, you're going to be arrested. Now, I mentioned this in the early service because a lot of our preachers, a lot of our churches have been fearful of preaching the truth. There's some that say, well, if it's not politically correct, we cannot say it. I can tell you something. I have never felt hindered or restricted about what I can say or can't say because we have that freedom. But a lot of people are not using that freedom. They're afraid. I have preachers tell me all the time, well, you know, they can take away your tax status. They didn't give it to us. How can they take it away? What? That's a scare tactic. You say, well, why are you bringing this up? Because I'm going to tell you something. Satan will try to scare you. He'll try to tell you that you see an opportunity, but you better play it mild. I remember the words of uh, Bob Harrington, chaplain of Bourbon Street. He said, people talk about scaring, offending somebody off and scaring them away from the church. He said, where are you going to send them to? Hell number two? <laughs> we buy a bill of goods. They told Peter, you might have to go back to jail. But you know what he said? He said, who am I supposed to obey? God or man? Now I can tell you, thank God, and I say this with all sincerity, because I know that I've got brothers and sisters in through the world today that for them to stand up and say what I'm saying right now, they could be arrested. But we have the freedom. So let's not only see the opportunity, let's seize the opportunity. If it reaches a time that we have to suffer for the opportunity, let's be willing to do that because God is able to keep us and provide for us. And we need to understand that through the suffering, he was still able to succeed. Let's read verse 4. But many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. Now, where were they? They were going into the temple gate. So they, there were thousands of people. Thousands of people. And they got excited. I mean, listen, if you saw somebody running down the street, then shouting and hugging on Peter and hugging on John, wouldn't you get excited when you said, hey, isn't that the same guy that when we came in was there begging? And he's 40 years old plus. I've seen him there many times. And I look. And Peter saw the opportunity. And he began to preach repentance and restoration and refreshing. Because he not only saw it, he seized it. But he did suffer. But he also succeeded. Drop down to verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. How many would like that to say about you? They recognized that you had been with Jesus. Amen? They recognized that you had been with Jesus. You might be like me. Say, that guy, he's, he's kind of 
not real bright. You know, I, I love what our former general superintendent said. He said, just because we get saved, we made right, we're not made bright. <laughs> so some of us got, to, we got struggles with things, but when we can see the opportunity and the best time in the world to share the opportunity of knowing Jesus is during the next few weeks because they will be looking and saying, what is going on? We have Thanksgiving. We have Christmas. Can I encourage you? Let's look at the opportunities that we have to spread the real meaning of Christmas, but not just to see the opportunity because if you see it and ignore it, guess how much good you're getting out of it? None. You see it and seize it. When Jesus was crucified, two men, one on each side of him, by their own admission, they deserved to die a terrible death. They deserved, according to them, they think he was probably raised in insurrection. They raised up all these things and killed people. They were, they were guilty. And one of them ridiculed Jesus. Ridiculed him. He said, you saved others. Why don't you save yourself and us? But the other one saw an opportunity. He saw an opportunity, but he didn't just see it. He seized it. He said, when you come into your kingdom, would you remember me? So he saw it. He seized it. And he was in the midst of suffering through it. But he also succeeded. Because what did Jesus say? Today, you will be with me in paradise. That's not said about the other one. But the best that I can understand scripture, one of them was going to paradise. The other one was not. Both of them had the same opportunity. I said, both of them had the same opportunity. Both of them saw the opportunity, but only one seized the opportunity. And only one acted upon it. And remember the focus of Peter's message? To repent, restore, and refresh. How many things is restoring when you come down off the cross and go to paradise? When you come down off the cross and you spend eternity with Jesus. It says, today you will be with me in paradise. Peter saw the opportunity. So my message for you today. The message for me today. See, I have the same responsibility you do. To see an opportunity. To see an opportunity. 
But if I don't seize it, it's a wasted opportunity. To see it, to seize it, and I guarantee you, if we seize enough opportunities, we'll be successful. Because God says His Word and His love, I do not think will return void. See the opportunity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. And God, I thank you for this season. Well, there's a lot of pressures. There's a lot of stresses. But what a time of the year. What a time of the year that we can speak repentance, restoration, and refreshing, not through our strength, not even through our church, but through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you're the one that healed that man. Peter and John were just your vessels just your vessels, just your channels of blessings to go to that man that needed a touch. And God, there were 5,000 men that were saved that day. And there are thousands of people within the sound of our voice, whether in reality or online, and help us to see the opportunity and help us to seize that opportunity. We give you praise, give you honor, and give you glory. This morning, if, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, don't miss the opportunity. And I know some say, well, I've got plenty more time. Do you? We never know. We never know. We may not be like the thief on the cross and know that we're getting ready to die, but we never know if we'll have another opportunity. So if you're here today and you've never repented, never asked Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'd encourage you to make your way to the altar today. And for those of us that are Christians, those of us that love God, can I encourage you to see the opportunity? Not just to see it, but to seize it. And I guarantee you we can be successful. Let's worship the Lord together. I'd like to ask if you would stand as we worship the Lord. The altars are open. But I'd like for you, to, if you're a Christian, just to make a commitment and say, God, help me to see the opportunity and to seize it. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.